We all have a story to share. Social anxiety plays a part in a lot of lives, but don't stress. Today's guest has the tools for you. As a teenager, he had the normal anxiety and stress, he would say. But other than what he had to deal with, negative voices in our heads, feelings of not good enough, we're going to learn all about this today. Not only does he have a personal journey to share, but also a professional testimonial as well. He found a trade school for personal training that had a five-month course, took the leap, moved a thousand miles across the country, get it done, and now impacts people's mental health every day by helping them stay fit. Michael says and lives by the thought that you have to live and learn. He also believes information is unlimited and actions are few, and he wants nothing more than to help you take action. So let me find out how he podcasts before we bring him on. Michael, which platform do you stream your shows through? Uh, primarily Apple Podcasts, uh, but I, sometimes I like jumping on YouTube and watching the video versions. So. I use Apple as well. It's just easy with the phone. Everything's right there. They got me. When in the day do you find yourself listening to podcast shows? Uh, usually in the car, um, three, four, three, four, three or four times a week in the car. That's a lot of podcasting. That's good to hold yourself accountable for everyone out there. If you don't have time, try multitasking like Michael. He will squeeze it time when he can. And it pays major dividends. You never know what you will learn. Thank you for sharing that, Michael. It is once again time to talk all things mental health. And this is a mental health break. I am your host and author of the books, Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health, Vincent A. Lancey. You can find more about me at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media, YouTube, or my website, VincentALancey.com. If you want to check out either of those books, you can hop on Amazon and get it delivered to you tomorrow. For those of you new to the show, I sit down with a mental health advocate or professional each week from all around the world to help you on your journey. We all have different stories and whys relating to mental health. My why came from after suffered a traumatic brain injury, and you will hear today's why in just a few minutes. But before I bring on today's incredible guest, this episode is brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness. Dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, call today for a free consultation. Tampa Counseling and Wellness, therapy that inspires change. Scroll down in the episode description to find their website and phone number. Many friends would say Michael is the master of positivity and encouragement, which makes him a powerfully infectious person to be around. He never officially graduated high school, instead opting to get his GED due to the fact that he fell so far behind working as a carpenter and spending time at his gym during the teenage years. He did some firefighting, went into entrepreneurship, started some powerful gyms movement, moved across country, did it again. So we're going to learn about how mental health is related to fitness, along with how he overcame social anxiety and so much more to thrive. If you met him today or were looking at him, you would never know that he suffered from this at one point. He's come a long way. Michael Budensek, great to see you. Thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Vincent. This is going to be, this is going to be a good time. It's always a good time with you. I've learned since we met. Can you introduce yourself to our audience on the personal side before we dive into mental health talk? Yeah, uh, Michael Budensik, um, grew up uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, went to, um, you know, had a lot of different jobs growing up, but primarily was a carpenter, then I became a firefighter, like you said, 
uh, went to Orlando to become a personal trainer. Uh, realized I someday I want to live in Florida because it's much better here in the winter. Um, went back to Indiana, lived there for another 10 or 12 years. So I was 32. And then my wife and I decided, you know what, this is our opportunity. We either go now or we go never. Um, so we went to Tampa, Florida. And three years later, we're still here and we love it. So I have to ask, was there any anxiety or other mental health related challenges involved with a move across country like that for you? Uh, you know what's interesting? Um, so. Um, Yes, there were. And I think that what happens is, is we, you know, you call it, call it what you want, call it self-doubt, call it the devil, call it whatever. Um, but I think that when we go through a large change in our lives, anything that we have dealt with in our past that we maybe thought we have overcome, um, rears its head, right? Like, like a, like a, like an ugly snake and just <laughs> literally shows itself to you. So yeah, definitely. Um, there were, there were opportunities or not opportunities. There were times when stress was high, anxiety, anxiety was high, just from a standpoint of un, uncertainty. Uh, right. And I just tell people, I tell people all the time, I say, look, you've got to give yourself certainty by taking small steps. And we, we weren't doing that. Right. We were, we were creating uncertainty by just sitting and waiting and seeing what would happen. Um, and yes, that absolutely brought on some, some stress and anxiety for sure. I like how you put that and putting it in my notes, you've got to give yourself certainty by taking small steps. Mm -hmm. uncertainty conversations i always appreciate them because that is something that does drive up stress for people not knowing is scary people want to know that's why a lot of people don't choose entrepreneurship on friday they want a paycheck they want to know they can eat they want to know there's food and they are done with it so thank you for sharing that i'd also like to talk about maybe any other mental health challenges you faced in your life or we could talk more about the social anxiety you had as a kid uh so you know i think really for me <clears throat> Most of it was when I was a teenager, right? Um, all, all, and I think all teenagers, for the most part, deal with some type of anxiety or stress or, um, you know, this idea of I'm not enough or I'm not good enough or, you know, I don't, I don't look the right way. Right. Um, I, I think that from a physical aspect, um, I think that the gym completely changed that for me. Um, you know, I, I think from 13, 14, 15, I started working out when I was, you know, in between that age, very sporadically by the time I was 16, I had a gym membership and I was going every day. And I tell people now I say, look, I didn't know at the time why I was going to the gym so much. I mean, I was going every single day. It didn't matter. I could go frame houses for six, seven, eight hours. And then I would go to the gym. I have to go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, and my parents were just like, what is wrong with you? Um, but Looking back, I know for a fact it's because it was the way it was making me feel, right? Um, it was relieving my stress. It was relieving my my anxiety. I was finding people that I had, you know, things in common with, and I think that that's a big part of you know improving social anxiety is finding things that you have in common with people. Obviously, now being thirty five, I know that all of us are so much more similar than we even know um, that I can pretty much talk to anybody because you can find something in common with almost every single person. Um, and that's kind of what I guess drives me and, and makes me want to inspire 5 million people to be their version of great is I think that ultimately people at we, I don't say people as in others. I say, we, um, I think we put ourselves in this box and we set these expectations for ourselves that aren't real. Um, <laughs> and so with that creates a lot of stress, it creates a lot of anxiety. It creates a lot of social disconnection because we think, Oh, well, that person's, better or I'm not good enough or I shouldn't talk to them. Um, like I, I've sat down with people in their $10 million mansions and I am completely comfortable, not because 
I am even anywhere close to that, but because I know that that is just another person. Like I've learned that that's just another person and they have just as much stress and just as much anxiety and just as much crap mm-hmm. in their head as we do. Um, but I think that without having or forcing myself to experience those things with small steps, like I said before, um, I don't think I'd be where I am today. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. to kind of bring this thought full circle, it's yes, there's absolutely anxiety. There's absolutely stress that builds up. I think for me, most of it, I experienced before the age of 22, um, I still experience it, right. It still shows its head every once in a while, but for the most part, I think I, I was blessed enough to be able to work through that. And I'll tell you why. Um, I think it's primarily because I wasn't put in the same box as most kids these days, right? Um, kids these days come out of school at 22, 23. And I know this because I hire them. Um, they come out of school, um, at 22, 23 years old and they're like, Oh crap, this is the world. And all of a sudden they're just completely floored by, and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to go and they don't know who to listen to or, or what advice to get because it's not regimented. It's not go to class, study, do a test, go to class, study, do a test. You're constantly being tested. You're constantly being stressed and you're constantly being pushed outside of your comfort zone in the real world. Um, and so I, for me, I never had that. I never went to, I never graduated high school. I never went to college. I went to college for a semester. Like then I was done. I never so I never had those boundaries of this is the expectation of who you have to be and how you have to behave. And so I think for me, I was blessed in that way because I, I didn't get stuck in that past the age of 20, 22 years old. Yeah, well, they'll try to protect you. But when you get into the real world, it's it's ruthless at times. You have to go out there and fight for everything you want. I've learned that as an entrepreneur, there's nothing going to be handed to you. Anything you want, you have to go out and get. And it's mm-hmm. like you said, these unrealistic expectations, they do create some stress and anxiety at times. But I want to talk about when you first decided to either share your story on mental health or give back through improving people's mindsets. Um, So that's a great question, actually. I don't know if anyone's actually even asked me that question before. So I think that ultimately for me, the first experience I had of helping someone and seeing that person change was I was 17, 18 years old. And my sister had obviously watched me. My younger sister had watched me. make all these changes through fitness in my life. And she was like, Hey, how do I, you know, how do I get in better shape? And so I just started walking with her every day and then we turned it into running and then we did all these little little things. And honestly, she said to me, I think you would really be good at helping people. And that was the moment that I always go back to because I didn't actually even go to personal training school until I was 20. So this was two, two and a half years later when I actually finally decided to go but that just constantly was a reminder for me, like, hey, I, I think you're good at helping people. And now being 35, I know that coaching is in my nature. Um, I am by nature a coach. I am by nature someone who wants to serve. I am by nature someone who encourages. Um, and so for me, the best platform to do that for myself is just health because I know that physical health directly affects mental health and vice versa mental health will directly affect physical health. Um, And then obviously that plays into emotion. So my big thing is I want to help people mentally, physically, and emotionally. A lot of people come to a trainer and they think, oh, I'm going to get in better shape and have a better body. I'm going to look better. And I sit down and I say, well, the first thing we're going to work on is what's in between your ears. Um, Because if you don't believe in yourself, you're never going to actually, even if you reach the goal, I've seen people lose a hundred pounds and still not think it's good enough. Um, that's a, that's a mind game, man. You know, we got to fix that first. And so that, that's really, for me, um, 
I guess, kind of where it kind of first started and then why, why I just am so driven by it today. You've been growing leaps and bounds and your ambition is only going to carry you further. So I am very humbled to have you on this show and I look forward to seeing everything that's next from you, Michael. I know what you're going to answer here for the next part, for this next question I'm going to ask you. Fitness is going to be a part of it, but I want to ask you to share some important things you do to take care of your mental health. I know that fitness is a huge role in my life, is a huge role in your life. What's working for Michael? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and obviously, obviously, I'm going to say fitness, right? Um, but there are other things, right? It's not just in, in I'm going to digress for a second. So there's meditation is a huge thing right now, right? We talk about, you know, you see it everywhere, meditate, 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 it helps, it helps, it does help. Some people can't start in silent meditation. And what I know and what we know now from studies is movement is actually a form of meditation. So that's why for me, exercise has always been huge because it is a form of your body meditating. You're getting into a breath cadence. You're, you know, you're increasing your heart rate, you're sweating, you're working on your breathing, like all these things are happening. Um, but there are tons of breathing exercises uh, that are super helpful, especially when I get into stressful situation mm -hmm. or I feel anxiety coming on, you know, it's five big breaths. All of them have to take at least three to four seconds in three to four mm -hmm. seconds out. And it just absolutely, you know, it releases some positive, good feeling chemicals in your brain. And it just re releases that tension essentially. So breathing is one. Uh, obviously fitness is at the top working out for me, moving, moving. I just, I tell people moving. People are like, well, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Okay, we'll move, go walk like 10 minutes. Actually, they have, it has been proven a 10 minute walk will reduce stress, anxiety, and feelings of depression. Um, so that's just 10 minutes, right? What if you did that for 30 minutes? So anyways, fitness, breathing exercises, and then ultimately self self-improvement. And what do I mean by self-improvement? You know, find books that are going to challenge you, find podcasts that are going to challenge you, find, find things that are going to start putting your mind in a, in a positive state. And you've got to try to get out of your head. Um, you know, there's a super long story I could tell, but I'll make it super short. There was a kid, uh, I used to run self-development groups and something I really want to start doing again, but there was a kid in Indiana and he came to me and he's just like, man, I'm just such a negative person, but I don't want to be. And how do I fix this? I said, well, first you got to figure out how many thoughts a day roughly are negative and how many are positive. And so he said, okay. So I gave him a notepad and a paper and a piece of, and a pen and he tracked it. And what we found after a week is that about 80 80 to 90% of his thoughts were all negative. Oh, and I said, I said, dude, I said for this next week, all I want you to do every time you have one of those thoughts, all I want you to do is replace it with a positive one about yourself. Just one. Literally two months later, the kid's thinking about starting a business. He's wow. thinking about how he can better himself. Like, like it literally is in your brain, man. You, you, we, we have to, but we have to recognize that first, right? It's self-awareness. Mm -hmm. If we don't first recognize our self-defeating behaviors, so you got to get around people that are positive. You got to get around podcasts, books, information that's going to positively push you in the right direction. Information. I love how you put that. Whether you're a reader, you want to watch on YouTube, you name it. There's a podcast. There's something for you in your time to do that. The walks and breath work. I actually take multiple walks a day as a break. I take intentional screen breaks from staring at the screen all day. And then, then I get back to the computer. I'm feeling lights out. Thank yeah. you for sharing all that, man. Yeah. Now, I know you have a lot going on. Let's now share with everyone what's next for you, how you're going to keep raising awareness for the importance of mental health in the future before we hop into the spotlight story. Uh, yeah. So um, obviously through our coaching, right, uh, in our facility, but bigger than that for me, it's, it's, it's using social media to be social. 
Um, you know, it's using social media to connect with people and to share and to share stories and experiences and obviously inspiration uh, for others. Um, you know, I, I definitely am going to be speaking uh, more and more as things open back up from, from COVID and we get these opportunities to get in front of people um, because I do believe that the only way we move is when we see someone else move. Um, and so if I can get up and I can share a story or an experience of how I moved or how someone in my circle has done that or overcome that, then I think that it'll, it'll only continue to push people outside of their comfort zone, which is ultimately where we need to be. Yes. Once you get outside of that comfort zone, the world's yours. E even when I'm doing like videos and things in the beginning, you feel all this pressure. You before you put it up, you you don't want to put yourself out there. But then I quickly realized that the only people who would speak negatively on any of this is someone who wouldn't do this themselves. Someone Absolutely. who would not get in front of the camera. And then once you accept that, things become easier because everyone's going to have an opinion. No matter what you do, there will be an opinion on it. But you can't please everyone. But that also leads to another point where not everybody is your target. An example for business market, not everybody's your target customer. Appeal mm -hmm. to those who are in your tribe, who do believe in your following and keep that tribe growing. Michael, Thank you so much for that all episode. It's been great. Now we're going to hop into the spotlight story. If it's your first time with us at the end of each episode, I share the mental health story of someone famous because I want to let you, the listeners know you are not alone. You need to understand that even though someone may have a lot of money or look healthy from the outside, it may be the opposite on the inside. And now we're going to talk about a former athlete and Rick Ankeel. He's a former pitcher and outfielder for the Cardinals, had perhaps the most watched battle with the yips, which is also known as Steve Blast disease. It's the sudden inability to throw a baseball to its intended target. In game one of the 2000 NLDS against the Braves, which is the National League Division Series, it's a playoff series, Ankiel uncorked five wild pitches in the third inning and was unable to complete the inning. He then wrote a book about his experiences titled The Phenomenon, pressure, the yips, and the pitch that changed my life. Ankiel said he drank vodka before that game one started against the Braves. He said because of his anxiety, quote, it didn't fight fair, so I felt like I wasn't going to fight fair either. USA Today has a great feature on mental illness supported by Scott Gleason and Eric Brady. Ankiel is one of the athletes profiled. They speak about athletes' reluctance to seek help. Ankiel said, quote, there's such a stigma, especially with men, that you can't falter and that you shouldn't get help. Sadly, many fans hard, find it hard to empathize with athletes who face these problems because of the money and the fame. Ankiel said, quote, we're getting paid millions, but that doesn't mean we're immune to inner pain and torture. What do you take away from this? I 100% I, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I've sat with people who have millions and millions and millions of dollars and they're miserable. Um, not because not because of anything material, but because of everything that's in between the two years, right? And that's why that's why I tell people, look, you you want to experience true uh, freedom, quote unquote. Clean up clean up what's in your mind, right? Uh, everything else will follow. You'll you'll find a better job. You'll find a better opportunity. You'll find more income. You'll do those things. But if you don't clear up what's between your ears, it doesn't matter how much you have. The mindset you improved our listeners with is great. You improved our listeners so much today by constantly being positive, and that's the least I can thank you for. I also got to thank you for taking the time to hop on this show. You're a proof that you can overcome social anxiety and thrive. We're talking over a decade in business. You emphasize the walks and the breath work at the end. Like I said, I use that as, 
as well every single day, multiple times per day, as well as fitness is a big part in our lives. I encourage everyone listening on to try at least one of those things in a small increment. And then if you like it, carry it over the next day to a little longer. It will pay off. We're going to stop and ask Michael for his last word. Small steps lead to huge results. One, one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time. Stop trying to do all at once. Um, like you just said, right? Do one of those things. Don't go start doing breath work and walking and working out tomorrow. Start with one of those things and add one every week or two. And in a year from now, you're going to be a completely different person. We need to have patience. Everybody wants things right now. But we even talked about before the show doing little things a day. My reading habits where I try to make time for 20 minutes of reading every morning. And if I have a really, really busy day and I neglected to do something else and that extra day goes by, it's tough to hop on. So just do a little bit a day. It will pay off. Michael, where can everybody find you? Uh, Michael B. Life, L-I-F-E, is everything. So that's my website, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Breakout, audio uh, platform. I'm pretty active on Facebook, Instagram, Breakout primarily. Thank you for sharing that. Be sure to check out his content if you are in the Tampa area. Be sure to reach out for some fitness help. Be sure to check us out too. We are at a mental health break on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Other than Twitter, we are at podcast by Lancey because of that character limit, but you get updates from all of my shows. I'm at Vincent A. Lancey on social media, YouTube, or my website, vincentalancey.com. Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health are available on Amazon. Be sure to check them out depending on your age. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on a mental health break. Michael, thank you for stopping by. Thanks, Vincent. Have a great week, man. 